Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution and it is such a treat to be here today. We have with us Oscar Chimboli. Oscar, how are you? G'day, Amrit. I'm flip-flopping between freaked out and figuring it out. And I'm looking forward <laughs> to listening to your questions today. <laughs> I love that. I'd love to hear what you're flip-flopping between and what you're trying to figure out. But for those that are tuning in and figuring out who Oscar is, um, guys, bear with me. He's the author and the host of a podcast called Deep Listening, an incredible podcast. Um, even more incredible than his podcast are the keynotes that he delivers, right? So he's passionate about using the gift of listening to provide positive changes in the workplace, in people's homes, and fundamentally in cultures around the world. The thing that I have loved the most has been the book that you produced. And it is, it's a rare gem. I'm just going to have to go there. <laughs> it's a rare gem. It is one of the shortest books you will read. And it is simultaneously one of the most impactful books I've ever read. So 
I just I, I I don't really know like how to how to give it more accolades than that. Really, it's it's a life changing book that you can literally read in one sitting. You download it, you read it in that sitting, and you leave just completely different. Thank you so much for writing the book. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, and uh, the book was a result of me listening, listening to my clients, and more importantly, listening to my editor. The book I wanted to write and the book that we ended up uh, producing was very different starting and finishing place. And we went through actually a process of testing the book with a, a lot of different people to listen to their feedback. So again, when you're the deep listening guy, I'm you've got a role model listening. And uh, <laughs> I, I joked with my editor, I don't want my book to be that dusty shelf collecting thing that's sitting behind you that doesn't get read and it's just a shelf trophy. I mm. wanted I wanted the book to be read. I wanted it to be accessible. I wanted it to be a combination of the art and science of listening. And you you might have noticed there's very deliberate use of graphical, whimsical characters in the book as well. Uh, again, a result of a, a beautiful artist listening to me when I was uh, talking about the topic and his his goal Bayou's goal was to get published in a book. That was one of his goals. And he came up to me afterwards and he just showed me a sketch of what he did during the speech. And I said, I'd love you to help me illustrate the book. And again, another place that if you're listening well enough, people will pop up from everywhere to help you. I love that. I love that. The listening of not just the, the dialogue, but also the opportunity and the experiences. Yeah, that's, that's really profound. I'm hoping we can go deeper on that um one of the things that came up for me is yeah i uh, i really appreciate the succinctness of the book and i and i love that you're sharing you know it was like a dialogue between listening to you know what i obviously wanted to share with the world but then obviously what the world wanted to receive as well and it definitely is and like i said it, it's definitely not shelf development it barely gets the opportunity to get to the shelf by the time you've downloaded it you've already finished reading it and it's the the the, the, the self is developed so self-development not shelf development definitely you mentioned some whimsical characters in the book, and uh, this is one of my favourite parts about it, to be honest. There's, uh, there's four villains in the book. Um, do you want to introduce us to the villains in the book, Os? Yeah. So one of, one of the things we learned, Amrit, during the process of creating this book was we, we researched 1,410 people, oh. and we asked them what are their listening barriers, what, what gets in the way of, of how they listen, and I'm fortunate that uh, I know a lot of people who have expertise in, in data science and data collection. And as we started to collect all this data, I, I kind of mused and I thought, hmm, I wonder what the barriers are that are getting in their way. And if we could kind of cluster them together around the common barriers that people have. And, and distraction by far is all of our barriers to listening that's yeah. that's what gets in the way whether it's our external surrounds or our internal dialogue but the audience i was working with wanted me to break it down even further so just dis distractions wasn't enough so we came up with these four villains of listening mm. and these villains listen differently 
because listening is situational, it's relational and it's contextual. So you'll listen differently to a police officer than you will to a school principal. You'll listen differently to an actor than you will to an accountant. You'll listen differently to a doctor than you will to your mother, for example. Mm. And you'll listen differently to a sibling than you will to your boss at work is another way to think about them. So when we think about these four villains of listening, we have elements of all of these villains in us and they show up differently depending on the situation that we're we're listening in. So the easiest way to remember the four is uh, dramatic, interrupting, lost and shrewd. And those four, D-I-L-S, spell the word dills. They're the deals of listening. Now, um, I was pointed out by somebody in America that this means something completely different to people in Australia. So colloquially in Australia, somebody who's a deal isn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. They're not across everything. And these villains all have different characteristics. So the dramatic listener loves listening to your story. They love to listen to the emotion of your story. They love listening to you telling them that, oh my God, you know, my boss is the worst boss in the world or the merger I'm going through is the worst merger ever. And the dramatic listener loves your story because it creates a stage for them to speak on. So if you say you had the worst boss in the world, they'll say, oh, You think you've got a bad boss. Let me tell you about my bad boss. You think you've got a bad merger. Let me tell you about my bad merger. If you think you had a bad boyfriend, let me tell you about my boyfriend. Yeah. So the dramatic listener loves and and intently listens to you, but their orientation is themselves. They want to get themselves into the story that the speaker is trying to do. And the dramatic listener just loves drama. They love emotion. Their heart is in the right place, don't get me wrong, but they just can't help themselves when it comes to the story. Mm. So the second villain, and I thought this would be the one that would be mathematically the largest in the group because it's the one people complain about the most, the interrupting listener. The interrupting listeners like that game show quiz contestant that presses the buzzer before the, you know, the host has got the question out and all of a sudden they they answer the wrong question. Now, now the interrupting listener comes from a place of good intention. They want to solve your problem. They just want to solve it quicker. They're, They're relatively impatient. And what they just need to do is just, just pause, just count one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, or take a little breath. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
before they kind of jump in and answer the question. From the speaker's perspective, they're perceived as arrogant, they're perceived as judgmental. They're not perceived as helpful because the speaker has got this dilemma going on in their head. And the dilemma is this, their mouth, the way they speak is an impediment to their thinking. So we speak at 125 words a minute, yet we can think at 900 words a minute. So the speaker is stuck with a mouth that doesn't quite get everything out as fast as they're thinking about it. So when I'm speaking at about 200 words per minute, like a race caller or an auctioneer or something like that, you can still comprehend what I'm saying. And if I come back to normal speed around 125, 150, you can still hear what I'm saying. But the frustration for the speaker is their mind is like a washing machine, stuck on wash cycle. It's agitated, it's sudsy, it's not making progress. And the act of speaking is like the rinse cycle. So it gets all the clean stuff out. But the interrupting listener doesn't know the 125-900 rule. So rather than thinking they know the answer, they need to remember the maths. And the maths is really simple. You've got an 11% chance that what they say the first time is actually what they're thinking. You get better odds at a casino, right? So that's the interrupting listener. So the first one, dramatic. The second one, interrupting. The third one is lost. The lost listener shows up in a meeting in a workplace and they've been invited to the meeting, but they're not really sure why they're there. Are they meant to make a contribution? They don't really understand the agenda. They don't really understand what's going on. And as you look around the room, that lost listener comes across as vague, um, zoned out. But a lost listener also shows up in a different way. They show up with devices that get them lost the cell phone, the mobile phone, the laptop, the iPad, you name it, they're, they're somewhere else. They're completely lost. And equally, they're lost in the story that you're telling them. So you could be telling them a story about a time where you were on a beach and all of a sudden they drift off to the last time they were on a beach. They're on the beach now. <laughs> and now they're on the beach and they're completely lost. And you ask them a question and they go, oh, sorry, could you say that again? I was, you know, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. So that's our, our, our lost listener, internal distractions, external distractions. And finally, the shrewd listener. This was an interesting one showing up in the research. They're, they're the kind of SAS of listeners. They're like spies. They're in the background. If I was a shrewd listener and you had captioning going on so you could hear and see what I'm saying, I'd be listening to you very intently. I'd have my hand on my chin like this. I'd be giving you some really good eye contact and nodding action. Mm -hmm. And my ear would be tilted to the right so I can hear the emotion. But I'm also signaling vulnerability to you. But what's going on in my head? Oh my goodness, they think that's their problem. That is such a basic problem. I cannot believe I'm here. I've already thought about three problems I haven't thought about, but I'll look like I'm really polite and I'll nod and kind of give them a good, mm-hmm, oh, tell me more. And all I'm doing is trying to problem solve like the interrupting listener. Now this is disproportionately represented in selling professions, medical professions, legal professions. Anybody who takes a brief, a physiotherapist, an engineer, an architect, all these people struggle with this villain. 
Now for me, I'm not a perfect listener. So at work, I'm the shrewd listener and at home, I'm the lost listener. As you thought about those villains, Amrit, which one are you? Uh, the shrewd one definitely shows up, but I'm aware of its presence. And so I've learned to just take a, like allow the person to finish actually mm. saying and then take a pause at the end of what they've completed saying to sort mm. of actually what is dropping in and then take the moment to speak. Because I know that oftentimes, um, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm very, uh, yeah, I've got it kind of figured out in my head in terms of like, even, let's just take this podcast, for example, like I've kind of read your books. I've kind of got an idea why you're here and I'm excited to talk to you about certain things. And then mm. as they come out, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Stay open because you might actually learn something, you know, and it's like, yeah, true. So, yeah. And and do you think there's another one that might show up in your personal life a little bit more? Um, I think, uh, I don't think I butt in too much. Um, but I think when I do like butt in or interrupt, I think that kind of shows up more for the shrewd one. Um, in terms of, I don't necessarily feel, maybe sometimes I'm lost. Maybe sometimes mm. I'm lost in daydreaming. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that comes back down to how much presence I have versus the distractions at my thumb tips rather than my fingertips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those who are listening right now, whichever villain you've related to the most, the, the one that really frustrates you, there's a high likelihood that's the listening villain you are. Now, if you want to take a seven-minute quiz, you can go to listeningquiz.com and figure out which listening villain you are. And it'll tell you your primary listening villain and your secondary listening villain. But more importantly, we'll give you a tailored report with three tips about what to do about it. And if you're up for it, you can also sign up for a 13-week or 90-day challenge to embed that learning when it comes to listening. But we all have some kind of listening filters. They're, they're kind of like sunglasses that get in our way. Uh, my daughter-in-law is uh, a judo player. Judo players have a really unique relationship with pain. They can literally be choked and pass out before they will submit on the mat. They have a very unique relationship with discipline and training. And at the age of 21, she was riding her bike on the way to training. And she finally, after uh, walking to training for the best part of four years, she was very proud of this bike, Amrit. Unfortunately, she got hit by a car, completely mangled the bike, broke her ankle and she picked up the bike with a broken ankle and knew there was a surgery about 700 meters away from where the accident happened. She walked into the surgery and the uh, receptionist showed her straight in to the doctor's waiting room. And in that moment when Jen looked up and saw the doctor, um, they asked her a very simple question. Why have you brought your bike into the surgery? Now, my question for you, Amrit, is really simple. How do you visualize the doctor right now? What does the doctor look like? Confused. Mm-hmm. How old? What gender? Uh, probably, oh, wow. Okay, when I'm visualizing it, um... Male, yeah, um, probably 
40s to 50s, maybe closer to 50s, I think. Yeah. And that's okay. All I want to do is just highlight your listening filters. And for a lot of people, because of movies, TV shows, there is a caricature of what an emergency room doctor is. Now, in reality, this lady was five foot four. She was Indian (laughs) and she was about 32 years old. And for a lot of us listening to that story, we would have projected a very different kind of doctor. And this is an example of listening filters that get in our way that we are rarely conscious of. So some of the biggest barriers to our own listening are are our experience, our cultural heritage, our education. And for a lot of us, we're not even conscious of that. And these are some very subtle filters that get in the way of your listening. It's like driving a car along a freeway at a really high speed, but your windscreen wipers don't work in the pouring rain. And, you know, for whatever's ahead of you, it looks okay. But the reality is you could be about to crash into a conversation that you're not aware of Mm -hmm. because your own filters are getting in the way of your listening. Most of us are not even aware of that. So I'm curious, because you've got this huge smile on your face, what, what's going through your mind as, as we're telling this story? Well, I was excited to, because as you're reflecting this, the shrewd listener is showing up. Cause, <laughs> and so that's why I'm smiling, because I'm like, aha, like this goes where I wanted to take it. So I'm learning to temper that again. Um, and yeah, what's coming up for me was the conversation around because I know we spoke about the 125-900 rule, but I also know there's the 125-400 rule. Mm. And one of the questions I want to ask you today, and I know I'm jumping ahead of myself, because the listener that's listening in now is not able to follow along the whole way, but what do we do with the extra space between the 125 and 400? Um, Because you're already alluding to perhaps some of the biases we have, and I'd love to know in that space how we sit, overcome, and and move through some of those biases and other things. Yeah, Yeah, we we, we all see in colour, there's a very small percentage of us who don't, but we effectively all listen in black and white. We all listen in two dimensions because we haven't been trained. Mm. So one of the things I'm on is this quest to create 100 million deep listeners in the world. And and to do that, I need to help people understand how to listen in colour. But the way to do that is to show them the biggest barrier to their listening. So we talked about the biggest barrier for the speaker originally. I speak at 125 words a minute. I've got 900 stuck in my head. So I'm really struggling to get the words out. But for you right now listening, I'm speaking way too slow. I'm speaking at 125 words a minute. You can listen at up to 400 words per minute. You can have comprehension up to 300 words a minute. And the reason we know this is because blind people who listen to podcasts or audio books can have full comprehension at 300 words per minute. So they lack one of the most significant distractions, visual distraction, and that becomes their superpower when it comes to listening. They also develop extraordinary memories as well. But right now, while you're listening, you're distracted. And the reason you're distracted is you can listen at 400 words per minute, and I can speak at 125 words per minute. So you fill in the gaps. Much like peripheral vision, we have peripheral hearing. And the reason we have genetically grown up to have this ability to listen for more than what we hear, by the way, speaking in our evolution as a human being is a relatively modern development. Mm. 
Mm. Our site was one of the first things we developed many, 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 many millennia before we started to introduce the concept of speech or speeches as we know it in the modern way. And as a result, the most underdeveloped part of our brain is the part of the brain that listens versus the part of the brain that gets stimulated by vision. So we have peripheral hearing as well as peripheral vision. So it means we just, oh, was that a bird I just heard? Or you might hear the sound of the coffee grinding machine in a coffee shop while you're listening to a conversation or a car going by. Or you might be trying to figure out, what should I prepare for dinner tonight or lunch? Gee, this guy talks really slow. I wish he'd speed up. And we are completely distracted and we're distracted without knowing it. So I always joke the difference between a distracted listener and a deep listener is not the fact that they listen better, it's the fact that they notice they're distracted quicker. Mm -hmm. So I always joke, I'm not a better listener than most people, I just don't get stuck in my own self-talk about the conversation. Um, for a lot of us, we turn up into a discussion with a lot of browser tabs open in our head, all the things we're thinking about at the moment. And with all those browser tabs open, the front of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, has an area called working memory. And it allows for task switching, but not multitasking. Multitasking is a very different robotic part of the brain. Now, with all these tabs open, most of us turn up to a conversation with our memory full with our memory full of the last discussion or the next discussion or anticipating the discussion as you kind of joked about earlier on, right? So for all of us, we've got a radio station going on as we come into the conversation. It's me FM. It's the story I'm telling myself about this conversation coming up or what I've just told myself about the last conversation or the next phone call or whatever is coming up in my life. So the easiest way for all of us to think about this is Listening to the speaker is the wrong place to start. It's kind of counterintuitive. So there's this big movement in the 1980s called the active listening movement. And they taught people to, you know, pay attention to the speaker, nod, repeat, paraphrase, all good things. Except this, we know from our research, 1,410 listeners, the foundation is broken. The first person we need to listen to is ourselves. Not until we're empty can we receive whatever anybody else is trying to say. So I have this very simple ritual myself. If I'm going to meet somebody or I'm going to speak to somebody, my phone is switched off and put in my bag. And when I cross the, the, the lobby and go into a lift, uh, I take a point to put my feet on the ground and my back against the lift or the elevator and close my eyes if nobody's in the lift and just take three deep breaths. And then when I go to meet that person, I'm usually offered refreshments and I always request a glass of water for me and a glass of water for as many guests as possible. And a hydrated brain is a listening brain. A hydrated brain actually consumes, brain's only 5% of body mass but it consumes 26% of blood sugars. So most of us go through the day hydrated. So, you know, this is really critical, you know, drink water. Uh, drink water every half an hour and a glass of water every half an hour. Too many of us in the West spend all of our working day after lunchtime 
with a headache or a sore head because we're not hydrated enough. So the fastest way to get blood sugars to the brain is to make sure you're hydrated. So the hydrated brain is a listening brain as well as an oxygenated brain is a listening brain too. Now I'm not saying that you need to breathe like one of those Olympic weightlifters, you know, <laughs> breathe out really heavy or anything like that. Before all of you who've been following Amrit, you know, the role of breath has been taught to us by the ancients for a long time and we've forgotten this. Connecting with our breath connects our, our central nervous system and calms our mind and says everything's going to be okay. We don't have to anticipate risk. We don't have to anticipate threat. And when we do that, we're in a state where it's possible to be ready to listen. So we haven't even got to the point where we're having the conversation. We're just looking after this vessel, our listening vessel, and making sure that we can show up prepared and ready to have a beautiful conversation where we listen beyond the words. I love that. And so thank you so much for sharing that. And so there's, that was the, the first level of listening, listening to ourselves. And I've obviously had the, the, the benefit and able to have the hindsight of looking into the book. Can you tell us the five different levels of listening? Sure. Yeah. So the five levels of listening, listening at level one, 86% of us are actually stuck here. So the research tells us that most people are stuck at, at this level one. Level two is listening to the content, what's said, what's seen, and what's the state of the person there? What are they energetically giving us? Not just what they say, but also how they say it as well. And as we move up from level one to level two, again, we're starting to touch about 93% of people are listening at these levels. The next level is listening for context. It's listening for patterns. It's noticing, do I speak always about myself or do I speak about groups of people? Do I speak about the past or do I speak about the future? Do I speak about problems? Do I speak about solutions? Do I speak about inside the organization or do I talk about outside the organization? Do I always talk in positives? Do I always talk in negatives? This is a way you can fill up those other 275 words per minute while you're listening. If you start to listen to the patterns, you'll be able to help yourself just stay in the conversation. Hey, a little hack, Amrit. If you think about this triangle that goes from your eyebrows down to your chin, if you focus and move around that area from the eyebrows all the way down the eye, the, uh, all the way down to the chin and to the to the bottom of the chin, that will keep you focused there. Don't exclusively focus all your conversation on listening with eye contact. By the way, men and women interpret direct eye contact very differently. Mm. Women will interpret direct eye contact during listening as intimacy, care, and respect. Men, on the other hand, will interpret that for an extended period of time as a threat. And, and uh, cortisol is actually released in the, in the back of your brain if you hold eye contact too long with the male. So mm -hmm. particularly with teenage boys, but also with men, um, listening happens better when you're driving. So you're both looking out forward, walking, running together, chopping up vegetables or doing gardening together. So there is a fallacy that men and women actually listen differently to each other. So they say women listen to feel and men listen to fix. I think it's an urban myth because all the academic research has told us that's not true. Men and women have the identical barriers to their listening and they don't actually listen differently. 
So when we're listening a context, we, we, we can listen differently. So by the way, if you've got a teenage boy, you know, get him to do something with his hands. And if you've got a teenage girl in your family, you know, a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a milkshake with direct eye to eye contact will increase the perception on the speaker's part that you're really listening to them. And if you've got young children, you want to improve your listening there, always make sure your eye level is at their eye level, either squat down to where they're at or pick them up and put them up in front of you. The same is true if you call them on the phone, bring your body level down to their body level. That will improve your mindset around listening. People often joke, my kids don't listen to me. And the reason they don't is because you literally talk over the top of their heads. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> So when eye level is at eye level, it also means ear level is at mouth level. So we want to make sure that as adults, we are role models for listening. So let's make sure we're doing a great job and increase our consciousness around there. So that's how we think about listening differently uh, as it's perceived by the speaker rather than how do people actually listen differently. So level one, listening to yourself. Level two, listening to the content. Level three, listening for the context. Now, level four, I'll just hold that thought for a moment. I always joke, at level four, if Yoda was here <laughs> with us from Star Wars, he'd say, listen for what's unsaid. So my friend Yoda, say g'day. And um, oh, this was a gift given to me by my team, actually, when I, when I left Microsoft many years ago, because that became my nickname, apparently. They used it behind my back, and I didn't know about it. <laughs> May the fourth the only, the... It wasn't a perfect timing to be <laughs> <laughs> So, um, listen for what's unsaid. And you kind of go, well, how do I listen for what's unsaid? You need to know the 125-900 rule. I speak at 125 words a minute, but I can think at 900. So here's three magical phrases you can use to discover what's unsaid. Phrase number one, and what else? Phrase number two, tell me more. Now, phrase number three is very powerful. It's kind of like the black belt move of listening. You know, if you were in the martial arts, this would be the power move. So you have to listen to this one carefully. And here it comes. Everybody ready? If you listen for one thing in this podcast, it's this phrase. Here it comes. That's it. It's silence. So in the West, we have this awkward relationship with silence. We call it the pregnant pause, the awkward silence, the deafening <laughs> silence, right? Yet Australian Aboriginal communities, the Maori, the Inuit of North America, the tribes of Africa and South America, the Asian cultures that are very high context like Korea, China, Japan, India, silence is a sign of wisdom it's a sign of respect it's a sign of authority and in workplaces it's not uncommon for the most senior person in the room they might pause between two and five minutes in a meeting and the rest of the room will, will basically pause as well if you use silence here's what happens and it happens magically tell me if you've ever heard these phrases people will say well actually what we should be talking about is or 
You know, now that I've thought about it, the most important thing we can discuss right now is, and all that's happening is that washing machine is getting onto the next wash cycle in our brain and trying to get those next 125 words out. Now you can use, and what else? Tell me more. If you're not comfortable with silence, just use the phrase and, and then zip it. Just be quiet. Just use the phrase and, zip it, be quiet. Um, some people, if the relationship's not strong, may perceive silence as a threat. So be careful, you know. Silence, relationships that there's high level of trust in can be used really skillfully. But then those other 125 words come out. And we have the conversation about what matters, not this random 11% that we say the first time. I was interviewing a, a global best-selling author on the topic of habits and listening, and, and he said, what's interesting is we never publish the first thing we write. We always edit it, we always refine it. Mm. Yet when it comes to listening and speaking, we always take the first thing we say as the thing that we think we should discuss. And <laughs> he, he skillfully explained the difference between 125 and 900, and he said, sometimes the role of the listener is to help the speaker edit their thoughts, to refine them and get them to a place mm. that's beyond the words. Powerful. That's level four. Level five, the ultimate level of listening. Listening for their meaning. Listening done well is actually light. It's not draining. It's very easy to do. And people in the first round of training with me often say, oh, wow, this listening is really hard, Oscar. There's five things I've got to pay attention for. And it's like <laughs> a, a ping pong table or it's a, a, a pinball machine of things moving around and my energy's all over the place. And I was like, no, 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 no. A good listener tries to make sense of what the speaker's saying. A deep listener helps the speaker make sense of what they're thinking. Your job is not to understand what they say. It's nice if you do, but the reality is quite simple. Your job as a listener is to help them make sense of what they think. And that means that you're helping them express what matters the most to them. Now you can do this with many techniques and you can do this individually or with groups. It was around March, 2015 and I was in this manufacturing company, and they'd asked me to speak on the topic of deep listening. Now, Amrit, have you ever walked into an office where like dripping from the air conditioning ducts was all this tension? Like you can Ooh. feel it, you can sense it. Palpable sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think depending on your consciousness, you either notice it really quickly, you notice it over time, or you don't notice it at all. So I'm standing on this small platform. I wouldn't call it a stage. It was about that high. It was maybe two feet off the ground. There was no podium. And I, I was talking to literally the five levels of listening. But then I started listening to my, to my gut, to my intuition. Because my senses, some, some people might say, you know, I had that tingly Spider-Man moment. Mm -hmm. And with my senses 20 minutes into this 45 minute presentation, I knew there was something wrong. Mm -hmm. So I turned to my host and I simply said, with your permission, I'd like to try something different. And he looked at me with contempt with every syllable. 
And he said, well, if you must. And I thought to myself, well, no, I would like his permission. If you must isn't the way I'd like to conduct myself. I said, look, I'm just sensing something different in where the audience is at. Uh, if you're okay, I'm just going to try something completely different. And he just did this with his right arm and he said, go ahead. It wasn't an encouraging go ahead. No. It was like, go ahead. Yeah. So I asked the room and what you've got to imagine, it's a really narrow room. It's got 80 people. These were all the managers, the people managers for this manufacturing site, 500 people roughly working on this site. And what you've got to visualize, what happens next is like popcorn inside a pot. Stuff just pops up in all kinds of directions. And I simply say to the group, turn to the person next to you and tell them what movie is going on right now in this manufacturing location. And the room tension changes completely and the room energy explodes and everything's popping off. And out of the corner of my eye, the CEO is walking over to me. He puts his hand behind my back. He switches off my microphone. And he says, what the hell are you doing? This was not what we discussed. This is not what we agreed. And I simply said to him, look, if you just bear with me for five minutes, I want the team to come back with their answers. And then I would like you to choose whether we continue on or not. He goes, okay. I said, what movies do you think they're talking about? He goes, I have no idea and I have no interest. And he kind of went and sat down. Mm. And all that was going through my head was, well, guess you're not going to get paid for this one. Um, <laughs> so we pull the room back and we start to ask questions. And the questions we ask, every, what well, you've got to imagine, every time a movie name is said, the room explodes into laughter. Mm. So the first movie die hard with a vengeance room explodes with laughter second movie titanic third movie towering inferno fourth movie some plane crash disaster every disaster movie you can think of and the room is absolutely in a relaxed state all laughing at all these crazy disaster yeah, movies yeah. what happens next completely changes my mindset around listening completely changes my mindset around leadership because out of the corner of my eye and that peripheral vision, guess who's marching up to the stage? He marches up to the stage, the CEO, he takes the microphone off me and he gestures to me to sit down. I go, okay, I guess he's taking control. He takes the microphone, he looks, he bends, down his eyes are down at about a 45 degree angle they're they're not closed but they're not fully open either and his voice is trembling a bit and he basically says i'm really sorry that you feel working for me is a disaster i hope that oscar is okay to come back on stage because i've learned something about listening to what's not said today with your help, Oscar, I hope we can use the balance of our time to figure out what's going wrong in our disaster movie. I really don't want my staff to come to work thinking that they're coming to a disaster. Now, what happens next? Uh, I have no idea what's going on, by the way. I don't know what this disaster is. Mm -hmm. I'll simply say to the room, who aren't we listening to? 
Like, I don't know what the problem is. So they all chat amongst themselves and they all come back pretty much. A, you've got to remember, everybody in this room is some PhD or masters in chemical engineering, electrical engineering. They're all engineers. They're all smart people. But what they all say is we haven't been listening to the production line workers. Mm. What I discover three weeks later when I am called back by the CEO to debrief what had happened, they had some issues in their production line that was causing them about $10 million worth of stock to be held up in quality assurance because there were impurities that they discovered. But these fancy pants, PhDs in chemical engineering couldn't figure it out. It was a 35-year-old, sorry, 35-year veteran of the site who was a production worker who pointed out to them six weeks earlier that that pipe, there was a particular pipe, needed to be maintained and they ignored him. And it ends up costing them millions and millions of dollars. When you help people listen to what they mean, Amrit, they can tell the truth to a CEO that they feed and that CEO can humble himself in front of a room because he's seen the power of listening. Now, that story is not there to say I'm anything amazing. That group came to that outcome by themselves. I was lucky enough to be a witness. But whether it's a global financial crisis, whether it's a BP Deepwater Horizon oil rig that kills people and uh, costs BP $50 billion, or Dr. Lee, on the 30th of December 2019, who says to six friends on a WeChat in Wuhan, China, he's an ophthalmologist, he says, hey, be careful, there's a SARS-like virus that's got a big impact on older people. And the Chinese authorities discovered that he says that and basically told him to stop spreading rumors about what we now know as the coronavirus. And we lost three weeks in figuring out a solution to this because the Chinese authorities didn't want to listen to Dr. Lee. Unfortunately, on the 22nd of February, Dr. Lee died. He was helping to save patients in that hospital. So the cost of not listening can be a global pandemic as well. But when we listen for meaning, we can make amazing things happen too. So the five levels of listening, listen to yourself, the content, the context, the onset, and then finally help them listen for their meaning, not yours. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Oscar. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, um, words beyond words, I guess, listening to everything that's coming up for me is the biggest takeaway from that was for me personally, I know there's so much in that so that everyone's taken their own meaning from that was um, my listening is actually here for me to help others think rather than actually just constantly trying to understand what they've said. And that was going to be one of my questions today, which I'm glad I didn't ask because it dovetailed into a perfectly because we got there was, you know, how does listening to myself and listening to others help organizations, institutions and all that lubrication, but you've explained that. And it was, yeah, I think um, the depth with which your invitation to listen uh, emerges from is, is really inspiring uh, for me personally. And, not least because, yeah, just teaching meditation to so many people. Um, I love how you said, you know, it's not that I'm a perfect listener either. It's just the time I spend between distractions is shorter, right? And I feel the same way yeah. about my meditations. It's like, yeah. I'm not any better than you at not having distractions from my place of observation when I'm meditating. It's just 
those intervals are shorter. So I come back to my breath and my space of observation more frequently. So it's, it's not too dissimilar. So I can uh, appreciate the, uh, the parallels to Yoda <laughs> in that space. Oscar. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your clarity, taking the time to share with us on listening today. Um, I'm a big fan of your work. For those that want to tune in tomorrow around what's available to listen, I know um, you mentioned the 90-day challenge. We'll put that in the links to this episode. Um, anything else in like the best place to get in touch? I love the website, oscartrimboli.com, but is that where we want to send everybody? Yeah, if you if you go there or listeningquiz.com, that'll give you the gateway to find out which listening villain you are, give you access to the research, the 90-day challenge, the Apple award-winning podcast, Deep Listening, where we interview professional listeners like uh, hostage negotiators and high court judges. But we also interview palliative care nurses and doctors. And we also uh, interview deaf and foreign language interpreters as well. And they all provide amazing insights in how they listen differently as well. The, the books there, the deep listening playing cards uh, developed again by listening to, to my clients. They're, they're all available if you pop into listeningquiz.com. I love that. Thank you so much. And if you're tuning in, guys, I highly recommend the book. Um, yeah. Oscar didn't, Oscar didn't reach out saying, hey, like, I've got a book. It was literally, I read the book and I was just like, Oscar, can you please come on, share your insights? So it's a real blessing. So we'll add a link to the book in the show notes as well. And as always, Oscar, thank you so much for your time and energy here today. But also, uh, you know, it's not just this moment in time. It's the whole life's work that's informed your presence here. So I just want to take my hat off and acknowledge that as well. And as always, wishing you all the best for the future. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of The Inspired Evolution. If you're loving these episodes, make your way across to YouTube, click subscribe. Fresh episodes are launched every Monday with highlights being released throughout the week. Thank you so much. And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.